Welcome to the Wealth Experience podcast series where our subject matter experts provide the latest updates on what's happening in the world around us. Brought to you by BMO Private Wealth. Hello, everyone. My name is Tim Van Bois, and I'm a Senior Vice President and National Sales Manager with BMO Private Wealth. Today, I'm here with David Walwyn, Associate Director, Trust Services with BMO Trust Company, to have a conversation about testamentary trust and using a corporate trustee. And to the audience, this is part two of a two-part series. And in part one of these recordings, we learned about a testamentary trust. We would uh, hope that everyone has a chance to listen uh, to that. David, the need for objectivity and a long-term view to balance the interests of the different beneficiaries is so critical. Let's talk about that. And I would start by asking you this question. What is a corporate trustee, and what are the advantages of having a professional trustee administer a testamentary trust? Hey, Sylvan, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. So a corporate trustee is a legal entity, such as a trust company, that acts in a fiduciary capacity as trustee for the trust. They're tasked with everything from the administration of the trust, managing assets held in the trust, and with transferring assets to the beneficiaries of the trust. I'd say the biggest advantage of retaining a professional trustee is the knowledge and resources that a corporate trustee has to administer estates and trusts of various complexities. Now, these complexities may arise from the assets held in the trust, such as real estate, privately held corporate assets, or even assets that are held abroad. The complexity may also arise from the beneficiaries of the trust. We often see situations where there are family dynamic issues among the beneficiaries, where we have trust, where beneficiaries are living abroad or in multiple jurisdictions, or even where the beneficiaries are upset and dispute the terms of the trust established in the will. A corporate trustee is impartial and can administer the trust without being impacted by conflicting interests and emotions. And Sylvan, that is so important because a trustee is a fiduciary and must act in the best interest of all the beneficiaries of the trust. As part of this duty, the trustee must maintain what's known as the even hand rule between all of the beneficiaries. An example of this rule would be when considering the needs of an adult child beneficiary that is currently receiving funds from the trust against the needs of a minor grandchild beneficiary that will eventually become entitled to the capital of the trust at a later date. As trustee, you must consider everybody's needs. The trustee must also account to all the beneficiaries for their actions in administering the trust. This includes an obligation to present a formal set of the trust accounts, including receipts and disbursements, before a court to be examined and approved. Another advantage for a corporate trustee is the ability to act in perpetuity, in contrast to a personal trustee that would need to be replaced when they are unwilling or unable to act as trustee. As a corporate trustee, we can provide our clients with the certainty of continuity and uninterrupted administration. Now, as you might imagine, the benefits of appointing a corporate trustee, such as impartiality and lack of emotional attachment to the dynamics of the family, can also be viewed as a drawback. The concern may be that the corporate trustee will not understand the family values and will be unable to adapt to the needs and personalities of some of the family members. Appointing a personal trustee, such as a family member or close friend, to act with a corporate trustee together as co-trustees 
can help alleviate those concerns. The corporate trustee continues to bring expertise and resources to the administration of the trust, but discretionary decisions are made jointly with the personal trustee who may have a greater understanding of the needs of the beneficiaries and the intentions of the person that drafted the will. Sylvain, ultimately, the engagement of a corporate trustee often means that a family member or friend will not be burdened with the difficult and time-consuming responsibilities of being an executor and trustee. Well, thank you so much. But David, can you speak uh, to the scenarios where someone would want to establish a testamentary trust in their will? I'd say that a testamentary trust is most often used to care for and benefit the surviving spouse of the testator. And just to take a quick step back, the testator is the person who has written the will and who has now passed away. A spousal trust can be used to meet various objectives, including asset protection and addressing second or third marriages and blended family situations. By transferring your assets to a spousal trust, the testator can ensure that these assets are protected from claims by creditors of the spouse. However, in order to make the most of this creditor protection, it's important for our clients to ensure that the access to the capital of the trust is beyond the control of the spouse. The surviving spouse should not be the sole trustee or otherwise be in a position to influence the distribution of the capital of the trust. Similarly, a spousal trust can be effective to protect assets in the, in the event that a, spouse, a surviving spouse remarries or if they become vulnerable due to undue influence, which unfortunately is something that we see way too often nowadays. The assets held in a spousal trust are protected because it is the trustee rather than the spouse that maintains legal control and management of the capital of the trust. Appointing a corporate trustee can allow for the objectives of the trust to be met, namely maintaining the standard of living of the surviving spouse while protecting and preserving the assets of the trust throughout the lifetime of the spouse. Now, of course, when it comes to some of those more uh, complex family structures, a spousal trust is often used when your spouse is not the parent of your children. The spousal trust is created to benefit that surviving spouse during his or her lifetime with mandatory distributions of the income generated within the trust, as well as distributions of the capital of the trust at the trustee's discretion. Sylvain, this structure is so effective in ensuring that the surviving spouse is able to maintain his or her standard of living while preserving some or all of the capital for the benefit of the testator's children. Upon the death of the surviving spouse, the children will receive all of the capital property remaining in the spousal trust. And finally, setting up that spousal trust in your will can also have some really important tax benefits. Generally speaking, when a resident of Canada dies, their capital property is deemed to be sold at the fair market value of that time and a capital gain or loss is recognized at that time and taxed on the estate return. An exception exists when assets are being transferred either to a spouse or to a trust for the exclusive benefit of the spouse for his or her remaining lifetime. In those cases, the spouse or the spousal trust 
is deemed to have received the assets on what's known as a rollover basis, meaning at the same cost base as the deceased, and any obligation to pay taxes on capital gains is deferred. Now, for our clients to qualify for this tax benefit, the main consideration they need to take into account when drafting a will with a spousal trust is, again, to ensure that the surviving spouse must be entitled to receive all of the income generated within the trust, and if distributions from the trust, from the capital of the trust, my, my apologies, are permitted, and they don't need to be, but if they are permitted, the spouse must be the only person entitled to receive any of those distributions during his or her lifetime. Sylvan, I've seen way too many situations where crucial tax benefits are missed due to poorly drafted wills. Okay, thank you, David. This is certainly a complex uh, situation. Can you clarify a little bit for us um, how and when someone would use a testamentary trust to benefit uh, their children or grandchildren? Honestly, whether they are minors or above the age of majority, when deciding how to transfer wealth to children or grandchildren, a testamentary trust should always, always be considered. Right off the bat, since a minor child cannot legally receive assets being dispersed in a will, a trustee must be appointed in those situations to hold and manage the assets on behalf of the child until he or she reaches the age of majority. Now, parents often struggle to decide at what age should the capital of the trust be dispersed to their child after he or she reaches the age of majority. They're often concerned that their adult children may not be able to protect and preserve that inherited wealth. Now, this may be due to a spendthrift lifestyle, substance abuse issues, marital difficulties, or often just the lack of maturity to manage receiving a large sum of money all at once. Now, one option is to direct the trustee to distribute the capital at prescribed intervals or upon the happening of certain events. Something that we sometimes see is to disperse one half of the capital at age 25 and the remainder of the capital at age 30 or age 35. The problem with that approach is that it may negatively impact the protection of trust assets from third-party claims, such as creditors or family law claims, since the beneficiary is entitled to receive the asset at some point in the future. When our clients are considering asset protection, leaving assets in a discretionary trust where the beneficiaries are not entitled to receive the assets may help protect inheritances from third-party claims. Another challenge, Sylvan, that we often see for parents is deciding on what occasions or for what purposes distributions of capital may be made to the beneficiaries. Something I often hear is, should capital be made available for the purchase of a first home? Something a little more difficult is, should capital be made available to assist in starting a business? Now, of course, because none of us have a crystal ball and it's impossible to foresee the future, it is often most desirable to leave these decisions to the discretion of the trustee. The parameters of this discretion may be prescribed in the will, or the testator may decide to provide the trustee with absolute discretion. It all depends on the purpose of the trust and the circumstances of the beneficiaries. A discretionary trust can provide the trustee with the flexibility to determine the amount and the timing of payments made to beneficiaries. 
a trustee may be even granted the discretion to make choices among the beneficiaries, allocating distributions based on the unique circumstances that prevail at the time. That would be waiving that even hand rule that I mentioned a little bit earlier. In every case where a discretionary trust is appropriate, it is so crucial to make provisions in the will for alternate beneficiaries on the death of the primary beneficiary or unfortunately should the beneficiary not survive to the prescribed ages set out in the will. Finally, Sylvain, I just want to mention how a discretionary trust can be used to help beneficiaries with disabilities. Provincial government programs exist across Canada for individuals with disabilities, and these programs often allow recipients to receive funds either directly or for their benefit, such as for additional medical expenses, However, these are under very strict conditions, and those conditions evolve over time as legislation is updated. These trusts can preserve these income and or asset-tested benefit, government benefits for disabled beneficiaries, and these trusts are referred to as Henson Trusts. It is important that the trustee of a Henson Trust is aware of the rules set out in legislation to maximize the benefit of the trust for the beneficiary without disqualifying that beneficiary from receiving those asset-tested government programs. Okay, thank you so much, David. I feel that we're just skimming the surface on all of these different strategies where a corporate trustee could uh, be beneficial. If I'm uh, an audience member on this call and I want to listen and find out a little bit more about uh, this uh, fascinating subject, who would you suggest I reach out to? Demo Trust Company has two very helpful materials that I encourage all clients to review. One is our executor's guide, and the second is our article titled Trustee Services. Clients can request a copy of each of them from their BMO advisor. I'd also encourage clients to make arrangements through their advisor to meet with a BMO trust company professional to discuss their personal situation and see if a corporate trustee can be of assistance to them. Okay, well, David, on behalf of the audience listening, I want to thank you so much uh, for uh, discussing an important topic for our clients, and you've really helped us appreciate how this deserves thoughtful planning. The complexities of the subject, I think, are quite apparent in your, in your discussion today. For our clients listening today, if you wish to have a deeper discussion about testamentary trust and corporate trustees, your advisor can organize a conversation with our subject matter experts. We hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and you continue to keep this conversation going. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Take care, stay well, and once again, David, thank you so much for your insight. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much, Sylvan. All the best. This podcast series has been brought to you by BMO Private Wealth. Please join us again.